And now on this episode of Miami Miked Up, I have uh, one of, I would say, Miami's greatest, newest additions in the sports media world. Uh, you know her from her role with Metal Arc Media on the Dan LeBetard Show with Stu Gatz. As one of the most uh, popular people in college football, I would say, uh, this year, it's Lucy Rodin. Lucy, it's so great to have you on the podcast. I've been hoping for this moment for a while. It's great to have you here. Thank you for taking some time to join me. That was so nice. Thank you. (laughs) Most popular. Oh, my God. It's true. Just ask Big Game Boomer Sooner or whatever his name is on Twitter. Yeah. Well, he's really he's really prestigious. Everyone knows that the list he he puts together they're never wrong and they're always incredibly accurate. If and you have a blue check mark, trust you, them. If you're a blue check mark, you're a trusted source. That's still absolutely. The case, right? uh, well, all right, Lucy. First and foremost, um, this is the same question I start everybody with. But what is something recently outside of work that has recently brought you joy? Oh, that's a good question. I got to see my friends, but I think that's a lame answer. I got a bunch of stuff to scrapbook, so I'm really excited Ooh, to start okay. are scrapbooking. You, are you again. a scrapbooker? Have you been I'm, doing this forever? I'm crafty as hell. I love any and all crafts. It's my favorite hobby. It's it is the best thing in the world. I have scrapbooked before. This is not my first rodeo. Okay, but. I, I haven't been scrapbooking as much lately. So I went to Hobby Lobby. They had a sale. I said, well, that's a sign. I should probably just mm-hmm. buy all this stuff. 40% off. I mean, come on. So I got all my scrapbook stuff. I haven't put anything together yet because you need to have a vision. And then I'm going to I'm gonna scrapbook. So I'm really excited for that. That is exciting. I feel like uh, if you're someone who, who likes to be crafty and likes to do things like that, whenever you get your newest materials, it's always like the most exciting time. Everything is fresh, everything that you want to do. I've really I've been wanting to get myself into and it's not quite the same, but I've been wanting to get into coloring books. Just oh, as my like God, I have some. Yeah, I have. I have a couple because this is not the first time that I've told myself I want to do this, but I have done like three pages and then given up because I just end up getting, you know, swept up in whatever's going on. But there's like little things I'm trying to make more a part of my routine. And I feel like scrapbooking is like such a wonderful thing. And especially, I mean, gosh, you're pretty uh, young to scrapbook. I feel like yeah. that is a thing of our parents yeah. time. So I think it's cool that that you've got that under your sleeve. Yeah, that I have old woman hobbies. I love <laughs> scrapbooking. I love a, I love a good paint sesh. Est- estate sales. I love estate sales. Like I can just sit, I could just scrapbook for like 10 hours at a time. And I love it. I love the paper. I love the stickers. I love all of it. I get the little, I don't use just like glue sticks. That's amateur hour. You have to use the glue tape. Oh my Whoa, God. The glue okay. tape is phenomenal. This is a cheat code. I feel like you've yeah, just you have to, to use the glue tape. You can get like a great pack of like 12 on Amazon for like $10. I just glue tape. I go through those things like crazy. I just I love a scrapbook session. I love it. I am so I'm so looking forward to my scrapbooking. I feel like it's very meditative for you, um, especially after a very long college football season of traveling all over the country. For those of you uh, who did not pay attention, Lucy was at a different college football game every single weekend all year long. Uh, her content in what to be finally was it called off roading? Was that yes. the final off roading with Lucy Rodine? Um, you can check it out on the Levitard Show YouTube channel um, and all across social media. She absolutely killed it this year. It was so yeah. fun, um, and she was also at the college football playoff national title game. Um, and because you have yet to give any takes about it on the show, I figured I should make Dan really angry and get your first takes on a podcast about what happened 
uh, and your experience there on this podcast, which is not a Metal Arc Media property, but a Bally Sports property. Uh, and I figured that would be really fun to make our it. other boss very upset. So I want to hear your thoughts on what went down on Michigan winning on the atmosphere of the game. I know you know you love being around college football, so let me have it. I want to hear you know everything that you had to say. I've been dying to talk about this. I got sick from the national championship game. So if I don't sound like the most beautiful person on the planet, don't worry. I normally do. Just right now, I'm a little <laughs> under the weather. Uh, I have literally wanted to talk about this so bad. I think that looking at this game, it's like very clear that like Michael Penix Jr. was not Michael Penix Jr. And yep. a lot of it was yips. Like it felt like, wow, these are the best receivers in the country and they're dropping everything. That is not normal. Michael Penix Jr. is overthrowing everyone. That is not normal. Like four false start penalties. Like you could tell the lights were really, really bright for Washington. But even if you take that out of the equation, their offensive line was so overwhelmed by Michigan. Like it was just blitz after blitz after blitz. And every single time we're in the crowd, I watched the game with both Washington fans and Michigan fans. And they're just screaming blitz because they're like, you got to know, I know, we all know. <laughs> And they just had no answer for it. Like, I think the game entered a point probably about the second quarter where I think we were all like, well, this is it entered this like horrible, awful punt stretch, which some of us appreciate. Most of us do not. Most Iowa it fans. Was like, I don't really think that Michigan's offense did anything crazy or insane to win. They just controlled the line, line of scrimmage. It was painful as me, for me. I was cheering for Washington. And I'm a Big Ten girly. They're joining the Big Ten. I know Michigan's in the Big Ten, but I really like Michigan. But that's another story for another day. <laughs> where it was just like they – you knew what Michigan was going to do. They were going to run the ball down your throat the entire time, and they had no answer for it. Right. I thought that given that, the Washington defense covered really well towards, you know, second, third quarter. But, like – Man, Michael Penix Jr. not on his game. And it's wild. I keep thinking about that missed fourth down conversion to Roma Dunze. Should have caught it. That We could be celebrating a completely different national champion right now. Because I honestly think that, hey, if their line had performed a little bit better, if Michael Penix Jr. had just like settled a little bit, we would have had a much more competitive game. It's it's such a shame for Washington, who had such a special year. Um, I think constantly proving not only Vegas but like everyone around college football wrong beating Oregon twice you know having this type of special season with Michael Penix Jr. if I want to put it through the UCF lens which I always do you uh, have to he was between UCF and Washington uh as a transfer and the idea that he ended up at Washington and not UCF and then had this undefeated season is making me absolutely furious but what it really shows is that Michigan was the most dominant team in the country this season, despite the cheating scandal, despite everything we could get into with Connor Stallions and Jim Harbaugh and the whole thing. They were the best team in college football. And now, hopefully, maybe in the future, we have a fun little Michigan-Washington rivalry in the Big Ten. Who would have thought? Um, but I, I also I want to dive into because. Obviously, you're such a huge fan of college football, um, and I want to dive into sort of the origins of your sports fandom. What Was it always college football for you? Like, when did you fall in love with sports? Was it in part because of your family? Like, what? What? how did this all come to be where you're now this huge, gigantic sports fan making sports content? It's definitely always been college football, and it's always been my family. And I sit and I go to these national championship games, these big games, and I get really envious of the children I see, like the little kids. I hate them because I'm like, <laughs> your parents made you a fan of a fun winning team. My dad is a University of Iowa graduate and was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to ruin my kids' lives and make them Iowa fans. And then I doubled down. And I said, I love it so much. I'll go to school there. And then my brother did the same thing. And wow. so- 
I grew up watching Iowa football my entire life. Like there are pictures of me as a baby, like watching the screen, which mm. feels wrong. I don't. That's a parenting. <laughs> it's it's uh, Colt indoctrination, is what that yeah. is. And so, but I always grew up really loving like college football, specifically Iowa football. And it started like the first time I was like, this is going to be my whole personality. This is going to be my life was the 2009 Iowa Orange Bowl team. Like you won't believe it when I say it, it's Iowa football. They were so fun. They were a good team. They scored points. They had a phenomenal defense. It was like a defense led by Micah Hyde and Adrian Claiborne, like, like some real dogs. And like, they were so, so fun. And that just like kind of skyrocketed my love for college football and Iowa football. And I went to the Iowa Big Ten Championship game two years ago where Iowa played Michigan. And I went to a tailgate and the whole 2009 Iowa Orange Bowl team was there. And I was so I was so drunk. And (laughs) someone was like, Lucy, give a toast. And I was like, absolutely. Thank you. So I like lift my shot glass. I'm like, this is the 2009 Iowa Orange Bowl team. You guys have made me love football so much and I wouldn't work in sports if it wasn't for you guys. And they're all You're like, like teary-eyed. Oh, okay, okay, like, that's cool. And I'm like, you guys are everything to me. Like, just like crying. And we all took the shot. Most of them were very nice about it. Some of them were like, please leave, please go away. And I don't blame them for that even a little bit. But yeah, it was that team. Mm. Um, I still haven't gotten over it. I never get starstruck. But if Ricky Stanzi walks in the room, yeah, I do. I do get starstruck <laughs> for him. Wow, Ricky Stanzi. That's amazing. That's the guy. That's, that's that, the guy. That's who does it. That's the that's who does it for Lucy Rodine. That's hilarious. Well, well, okay. So it's one thing to become a Iowa super fan, right? But it's another thing to then decide, okay, I love this so much that I want to do it as a career, right? And so. I think your career path is is pretty unique, you know, to be so young and to be on this show that you're on. Um, I've heard Mike mention that he originally saw you just doing work on social media and, and that's sort of how you ended up here. So where did the decision of, OK, I want to take this fandom. Now I want to dive into exploring this as a career. You know, when when did you know I want to do sports media and what were some of the first things that you did to sort of set yourself down this path? I feel like I've known I've wanted to do this like for my whole life, which is very odd. I don't know. That's I'm so lucky that I have known this from the beginning. Like, I think there are school projects where I'm like, I want to be on TV, which is weird because I was a very shy kid. Didn't talk. It doesn't make sense. The this trajectory or the the goals I had. Like people were probably like, girl, you don't, I don't know what your voice sounds like. You're probably not going to be on TV. And that's a fair assumption. And so I like have always just known that like, I really love talking about college football. It's my favorite thing to talk about. I think what really did it is another parenting flaw. I had like unsupervised internet access as a kid. I was online all the time. I was the most online kid ever. And so like, I was just tweeting through it all, tweeting through life, Facebook and through life. And like, I kind of realized I was like, these people are following me. Like maybe I'm funny. Maybe I have like good takes. And like, it took a long time for me to get funny and have good takes. Originally, I was just like angry Iowa fan online, (laughs) which is funny because when Iowa fans tweet me things at me, my first thought is like, yeah, if I were 15, I would have said that. I was you. (laughs) I get it, man. I was in your shoes. I would have hated me 10 years ago too. And so I think I just like had always known. So I went to the University of Iowa, studied journalism, really thought that I was going to be like the sideline reporter just because that's kind of the traditional role you see women in. So it's really Mm. all I thought I could do. Um, Did all that stuff, like did local news. And then I was like, I think I'm funny. Like, what the heck? Maybe I should 
maybe I should look into this and started to try to make like funny stuff. And then actually like the pandemic was sort of like a changing point for me because I had interviewed with like a local news station the day before. I always thought I was going to do the local news to network route. Yep. Thank God I didn't. <laughs> Whew. Thank God. And so yeah. I ended up just like making social videos. And that's how I found my first job with Wave Sports and Entertainment, which was a great place to work. And so did did we because I, I don't think I've ever actually asked you this question. Did we just sort of pluck you from social media and then go, hey, here's some money. Come work here. Yeah, um, it was a journey. Basically, Mike Ryan, like slid into my DMs on Instagram and was like, hey, like, do you do you like your job? And I was like, yeah, I do like my job. I like where I'm living, whatever. And it just was like a back and forth for a long time. And it kind of fizzled and then it kind of popped out. But yeah, it was an Instagram oh, cool. DM. That was it. And I never <laughs> really had like an interview or anything, which is a little alarming. That I mean, sounds, that now. sounds like Metal Arc Media. Yeah, yeah. It, it. he would we just like talked on the phone one time. And then like three weeks later, he's like, all right, we're going to send you an offer. And I was like, this is thank you. But like, shouldn't or what if I'm a serial killer? Shouldn't you guys like follow through a little bit more? <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, it's great. And it, it shows, I think, how important it is to be able to will, be willing to sort of adjust your path, um, take whatever opportunities come in front of you. Because in this business and, you know, especially I was also like, let me tweet through it guy. I just did that down here in South Florida and kind of just got to stay and now, you know, be involved in some South Florida shows and some South Florida content because it was the same sort of deal of just like, oh, people seem to kind of like the way that I'm phrasing things in 280 characters, or I guess 140 characters at the beginning of it. The and age. that, yeah, oh God, RIP 140 character, twitter.com. Uh, but it is, it is sort of this interesting, I also, like, I worked at a local news station and was planning on going down the same sort of path that you did, and then patiently waited and tried to make the right decisions. And I think that it, it sort of shows that there's a lot of different ways to do it. But I think one of the things that people enjoy most about what it is that, that you make and your sort of persona, your content, it's that your joy just obviously comes through in what it is that you do. And I think, first of all, it's not very Gen Z of you. Um, I know. You know, to like things, right? It's Jesus, but, I have interest. <laughs> how dare you? Uh, but how have you been able to sort of like avoid the easy kind of like jaded perspective route that comes with so much of either sports commentary or culture commentary at the moment and just be like, hey, I, I like stuff and let that stay in what it is that you do. I, I, I've wanted this for so long. When I graduated from college, it was right in like the heart of the pandemic. I moved back home and I waited tables for a year. Like I didn't have any sort of job. And I was, I felt so confident that I was going to get a job that I was like going to get to where I wanted to be. And I was, you know, taking people's orders. And actually one, I think it's so important for everyone to have a service job at some point in their life because like, wow, am I better at what I do now? Because I know how to talk to people a lot better. And I've met like really wonderful people through that job. So I'm really grateful it ended up happening, but it's like being online all the time as a kid, I, it leads to weird little nuggets now where like, my Facebook app will always send me like, here's what you said 15 years ago. And like literally today, I got something about me talking about the Auburn Oregon National Championship. Wow. And I was like, it's like kind of one of those things where like, 
you go, I get to go to these cool environments that I've never been to. And I'm just like, so grateful to be there. How could I not be grateful to be there? You know, like I have wanted to talk about college football my whole life. And not only do I get to talk about college football, I pretty much just get to hang out, have fun and not really do that much. And they let me do that. And that's insane. So it's hard for me to not just be like overwhelmingly grateful because this is all I've ever wanted to do. And I really do love college football so much. I think it's the best sporting atmosphere. Like I haven't been to European soccer outside of that, like in the world. And so to get to just like experience this, like, how could I not be excited? How could I not be like, so like grateful and joyful? Like I cry at all these games because I'm overall an emotional person. Mm. Um, but it's honestly like most of the time, it's just like, holy crap, I'm here. Like I get to be here and experience this. Like I'll never, I don't think it'll ever get old. I couldn't agree with you more. And it, it was funny because on the show the other day, while I think it was last week while you were gone, um, the crew was somewhat bullying me for my enthusiasm. And Dan pointed out, he was like, why do we, why do we get mad at Jeremy for liking sports and love Lucy for liking sports? And I was like, yeah, Dan, it's sexism. That's what it is. Uh, point. Ob obviously kidding. But also like, I think it's so special to be able to appreciate what it is that you do um, and enjoy being around it. And I think that like, I think that's what the next wave of sports media hopefully will be because I think the, and understandably, based off what the grind of like being a, a newspaper writer who has to do gamers or, you know, all of the, the roles of the generation before us weren't necessarily jobs that could inspire that much joy. It was more like, all right, you got to really love sports because this is going to be hell to be around it. And now some of these positions are just so much more fun um, and allow you to be more of a fan and hopefully our sort of generation of doing this will get to continue to keep that. And, and speaking of being like the resident young person on the show, um, how often do you have zero clue what Dan and Stu are, are talking about and just laugh along? Oh my God, like 70% of the time. <laughs> um, it's so often that I'm just like, eh, they're not gonna, they're not gonna say anything to me. And then when Dan does say something to me and I don't expect it, I say, I'm just a girl. And then yep, that's a like, perfect filler. <laughs> everyone's like, oh my God, well, she is just a girl. So like, <laughs> like, we can't expect her to know this stuff. People will like tweet stuff at me all the time or like old show references or, right. or just, they say names. I'm like, brother, I know that I wasn't even close to alive then. Oh, so that's, I'm fine being the young person. It, mm -hmm. I, like give, it makes my day easier. We're like half the show. I'm like, eh, you don't need me. I'm not going to be able to contribute. Do you have a, a thus far, a favorite either like bit or day on the show or memory thus far from your time on DLS? A favorite memory. Oh, that's a good question. Like on the show, um, I have a least favorite one. I don't know Do if that, that counts. No, that's better. That's um, better. The internet will like it more. The Izzy Amin fight that I still don't know if it was real or not. Yep. I have no clue. I don't we, know I, if it was real. I, I remember. Mm -hmm, I remember after that show talking with you and being like, what just happened? I, like, I have I no still idea. Don't know. And I think I think I think and I don't know if I'm revealing something that's not supposed to be revealed or not. So maybe this is exclusive i think it was like a reference back to like they did that on espn radio like eight years earlier or something like that where they got into like a maybe it was a real argument then and so this was pretending that they but also to this day i still don't really get whether or not that animosity was was genuine i i mean i know izzy and amin actually legitimately like each other but that was like the realest fight if if it wasn't and, and if it was a real thing, 
the two of them are much better actors than I thought. Oh my God. If it was fake, that was the most impressive thing I've ever seen. I don't know if I've ever been more uncomfortable in my life. I was sitting there and I was like, my parents are divorced and this is worse. <laughs> this is worse than that. Like why? Like, please. I hated it. Please it was stop. my least favorite day ever. I'll, um, I, I think Amin will be at the Miami Heat game. We're recording this on, on January 10th on Wednesday. Uh, I will be at that game tonight. Uh, this is going to come out on Thursday. So you will get a text after I ask Amin whether or not it was real. He might not tell me. Um, but for the fans, who knows? Um, all right. I'm going to ask you just a couple more college football questions and then a few kind of get to know you questions so that people okay. can, can know a little bit about you outside of what it is you've revealed on the show. Um, I want to know what your hottest college football take that you genuinely believe in is. And this is really like if I'm being real, this is just an effort uh, to go viral from this podcast that you have some crazy take. Um, but it's also mm. like, I want you to genuinely believe it. I want this to be something that you you really are passionate about. So your hottest college football take that you genuinely believe in. Um, I think the 12-team playoff is going to be the worst thing that's happened to college football in a very long time. I hate Whoa. it. I think if we want another take, I don't think it's hot. I think almost everybody would agree with me if... Alabama's offensive line played the way they did against Michigan, the way they did like Georgia. Let's just say Georgia had beat Alabama. We would be celebrating the dogs three P right now. I don't think there's a question about it. I think they would beat the crap out of Michigan. Um, I think, and this one's biased, but I think the Iowa offensive coordinator job is the best open job in the country <laughs> right now. And actually I think it's biased, but I know it's true. It's the easiest job in the world. Just be okay. And just be better a than a Ferentz and you're yeah, good. Yeah, just be like slightly okay. But I don't know if any of those are particularly hot. Also, no, I like I all think three of them. I have another one. I think that the national championship in college football is the most overrated title in like all of sports because it's a sport that's so there's 133 teams competing for one title and you play 12 regular season games to figure that out. Um, they need to work on that. I wish they would restructure the whole thing. But I think that George is the best team in the country. I think most people would probably agree with that. And but Michigan's the national champion because of the way the system is set up. So I think it's the like the most meaningless title in all of sports as a college. Down with the system. Down yeah. with the system. Let's take See you down. later, NCAA. Yeah. Let, all right, I'm I'm in I'm intrigued by it. Um I know uh on the show on Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, uh Dan Levitard also tried to declare Georgia the national champion for no reason. Um but I, I don't uh, I don't disagree with you. I think that it, it is a relatively small sample when you look at the the pot of the amount of teams that technically should be able to compete for it. Obviously, we all kind of know it's it's a little more limited than that. It's really closer to like 60 teams that actually have a chance to compete for it. Um, but even that being said, with 60 teams and you're only looking at 12 games, I mean, just look over at the NFL at a 17 game schedule with only 30 teams or 32 teams. 30 teams? Now I'm getting 32. 32 teams. That was 32. insane of me to not know what the number was. Um, that was me getting confused. You don't have to count again. the Panthers as a real team. We'll just go yeah, down to 31. Yeah, we'll just get rid of them. Rid of somebody and, we, else too. and we seem to know the Dolphins don't often have a real chance. Uh, but <laughs> so. that's another story. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you uh, for a top five that I feel like you might have prepared. Okay. Um, but maybe you don't. And if you don't, I'm going to filibuster for you. So your top five favorite college football players of all time who did not go to Iowa. You so can't. that did not go to Iowa okay, because, okay. because I, I figure, yeah, you can have a paper. I'm going to give you a chance to filibuster. Um, 
for me, this would yeah. be difficult, obviously, because off the top of my head, and I, you know, these can just be options for you as well. Mackenzie Milton, Shaquem Griffin, Blake Bortles, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. are all people That's who, who should with. be on there. I figured as much. Um, for me, I, like I look back and I imagine you and I might be picking from some similar eras, um, because for me, like I think of like 2004 to 2008 as like a lot of the years that were really my like those teams were my favorite you know watching those national championship games when it's still like the bcs system um looking at some of those teams from like all across the country whether it was west coast teams whether it was east coast teams uh there were all sorts of fun ones so do you have any of these players off the top of your head i know i'm putting you on the spot here i didn't I have, let you prepare i have four right now um okay i have four all right, uh, or five. Do... I have my five. Ooh. All right. Um, I don't so... have it in an order. I'm not going to put it in order. Can I just give you the five? You, <laughs> That's you, fine. We have we have Lucy. You blindsided me. So I know I, I just did. Have five. In it's no fine. Or, in no order. In no particular order. A blindsided top five. Lucy's top five favorite college football players who did not go to the University of Iowa. Okay. Cam Newton. Duh. Easy. Amazing. One of the greatest college football players of all time. Um. LaMichael James from Oregon. Oh, that yes. guy was electric. Yes, LaMichael James. He was James. electric. That's such uh, a good one. Basic Joe Burrow, 2019 LSU. That team was so fun. They were so charismatic. They had the Riz, as the kids say. And <laughs> um, and Sue, I know he went to Nebraska. No, that's great. I think he's my biggest Heisman snub ever. That guy should have won a Heisman. He was insane. Um, and then I'm going to go Justin Blackman, the oh, Oklahoma wow. State receiver yeah. who was Oh my God, am I sad his NFL career did not pan out because he was just insane in college. Mm. So those are my top, those are my personal five favorites that I can think of right now. I'm sure in like the middle of the night, I'm going to wake up with like 10 more. <laughs> but those are my favorites right now that did not t attend the University of Iowa. Ricky Stanzi trumps all of them. I completely understand it. I appreciate you playing the game despite the fact that uh, I wouldn't allow anybody from Iowa there. I will tell you, um, on a similar wavelength to your Indomitian Sue, for me, it was Jadavian Clowney ever after, just after that hit against Michigan. It was like, oh, I, I have to watch everything this guy does. All the time. Uh -huh. All was, the time. He was unbelievable. And then my, I had, uh, not that I didn't ask, I didn't ask, you didn't ask me for my top five and I'd I didn't ask it. me for my top five either, but I'm, I'm rounding it out in my head and I'm realizing Vince Young is on that list. Yeah. Um, he, that's my first, like, that's the first national championship game I can really remember is Texas against USC and just being like enamored with that game. Uh, Graham Harrell was like my favorite when he was at Texas Tech. I remember I was at uh, the St. Bonaventure uh, Church Fair with my friends in what I guess was middle school. And we were walking around and we were playing different carnival games. And then at there was a churro stand and in the churro stand they had a TV in the corner and it was the Texas Tech against Texas game where Michael Crabtree game. had the touchdown at the end. And we watched that play. And I can still like visualize what the fair looked like. Uh, Colt Brennan was my favorite. I used to, uh, he was on, he was, I think like a fifth or sixth round pick of the Lions. And so in Madden, I would always sub Matt Stafford for Colt Brennan and just throw bombs to Megatron. And it was the best. Um, and then honestly, this is going to, oh, uh, this is going to sound funny given the show, but Hakeem Nix, I was a big Tar Heel. Uh, I loved UNC. I was obsessed with the TJ Yates, Brandon Tate, Hakeem Nix, Sean Drawn, UNC Tar Heels. Um, so I guess that's my five. Anywho. That's a good one. Um, all right. 
some kind of get to know you things before I let you go. So, right. um, who were some of the musicians on your Spotify Wrapped this year? Casey Musgraves, Cool in the Gang, Led Zeppelin, Mount Joy. Um, I'm in a big disco phase in life right now. So, like Don Summer, uh, the Bee Gees. This is great. Uh, the Foo Fighters, uh, Steely Dan. And I think that's, that's I think that sums it up. I that's, have a lot. Uh, you have a very wide ranging music taste, seeming. It's like, it seems wide ranging, but it's really just like classic rock, disco. I don't know what happened to me a couple months ago. I just like woke up and I was like, I need to listen to disco every minute of every day. And I you genuinely... You needed to be, I, Miami was bringing you down a little bit. And I think you needed some some disco injection of life into you. The Bee Gees, like their best album produced here in Miami. What the heck? So it's it's made me like Miami more. Um, but <laughs> I really like, yeah, like classic rock. And then I really love Casey Musgraves and like some sort of like indie pop sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. The disco phase has been awesome. It's been really great. I saw Cool in the Gang or not Cool in the Gang. Um, I want to see Cool in the Gang. I saw Steely Dan in concert a couple of days ago. They were awesome. And the Eagles, too. But I was really there for Steely Dan. But Great that times. had to be great. Great times. That had to be an amazing show. I look forward to talking to you about it. Um, but not They're right now so because old. we have too many things we have to talk about here. Uh, okay, sorry, I went on the silly Dan. No, you should. That's I'm doing this also for you. Um, what is the most embarrassed you've ever been? The most embarrassed I've ever been. Oh my god, that's a really good question. Have you ever watched Iowa football play? If, <laughs> um, Usually every time that happens, I feel pretty embarrassed. Oh, that's uh, perfect. I don't know if I have, like, I, I do, I think everyone gets embarrassed. I think I get embarrassed less than, I, I still get embarrassed, don't get me wrong. Um, one time we were on a show and I could tell that they could hear my stomach growling and I hated that. <laughs> so that was embarrassing. But that's like not even the most embarrassed. I really, I don't know. No, Iowa football's I, probably I, the top one. I like Iowa football as an answer. Uh, what is your like favorite thing or biggest passion outside of sports? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I really love music. I'm not like a good singer or musician or I can't do anything of any sort of talent when it comes to it but like i have my like little record player here i have a jukebox over there like i love listening Sweet. to music um and i crafts i love my crafts <laughs> and i love thrifting and finding weird things um and i love animals and i try to help be a better person with animals and stuff yeah go to my, my deed go to lucy's social media and you can find uh some really good stuff that she did recently with uh Dolly. shelter here in miami um well, I guess this sort of plays right into it, but if you have a, a day off, what would the sort of perfect day off look like in the eyes of Lucy Rodine? Um, well, every time I've had a day off since I've started traveling for college football, I just rot. I just sit there and I just rot the whole day and I've loved it. I'm a huge <laughs> fan of the of the rotting process. So I love a good rot day. Um, I love to like go to a coffee shop or go for a walk. Love, I'm a walker. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just hanging out with my pals or rotting. Rotting right. is huge. Rotting is huge. Everyone loves a good, a good rot day. Um, but now I'm going to ask you, I mean, maybe it wouldn't be being productive, but if you didn't have to sleep, like if sleep was no longer a necessity and you had your extra, what I imagine is, we'll say is eight hours a day. I imagine oh. is less than that. Far less you're than wrong. that. Yeah. Far. I'm the best sleeper oh, in the world. Oh, you're a good sleeper? I, I could sleep 14 hours a night if I wanted to. Oh, I'm jealous. Okay, so if you had your extra 14 hours, 
Uh, what what would you do with the extra time that you have? I'd sleep. <laughs> you would still sleep. You just love, come back. You'd make I love sleep sleeping. Okay. I can sleep. Like I have to have an alarm because I can't take naps. Because if I go down for a nap, I'll see you in eight hours. Like I'm not going to wake up. I love to sleep. That's what I would do. Is I literally, if I, they're like, you don't have to sleep. I'd be like, no, let me do it. I love it. My <laughs> okay. bed is my favorite place. I love to sleep and I'm really good at it. I think it's one of my best skills. Is sleep. I think it's tremendous that that's like at the top of your resume would be, I'm a really good sleeper. I can uh, sleep all the time. You've got to invite three people, three famous people, dead or alive, to a dinner party. Who are, you, who are you choosing and why? This question I feel like is asked all the time, but I've never mm -hmm. actually been asked it. So this is this is a first for me. I think I would go, I think I would go, I'd probably go musician heavy. Yep. I'd go, I'd like to, David Bowie. Put David Bowie awesome. on the list. Um, His party's I think off to a great start. I would do Mike Leach, college football. Um, I'm going dead because like I could, yeah. the possibility of me having dinner with someone who's alive is not zero, you know? Right, so right, I don't want to, I don't want to miss this chance. And then I think I would go Kurt Cobain, although I think that he would hate Mike Leach. I think they would get in a whole fight. I don't think they would mesh whatsoever, but I'd like to see the dynamic. And those are the three people. That is a uh, slightly unhinged dinner party, um, Weird. but in a really wonderful way. And I actually think oddly, you mix those three together and I think you get a good sense of of how and why your personality is what it is. I think I just yeah. figured it out. It makes a it's lot of odd, sense. I like but it. it. I don't think it would last very long. I think Kurt Cobain <laughs> will leave early, but that's oh. why David Bowie's there to just kind of like chill out. That's He's going to be the voice of reason. That's a fun vibe. Uh, and all three of those people are good selections. I had a feeling you were going to choose Kurt Cobain when you mentioned Foo Fighters earlier. Also. Yeah, love Kurt um, Cobain. All right. Well, Lucy... This was so fun. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to join me. And uh, before I let you go, just let the people know where to find your work, where to follow you, what you would like to direct people toward. Um, if you want to follow me on socials, all my ads are at Lucy underscore Rodine. And it's not spelled how it sounds because I don't know why. R-O-H-D-E-N. Um, yeah, you can find all my stuff there or watch the Levitar show or subscribe to the YouTube and you'll see all the fun stuff, hopefully from the National Championship game, which wasn't fun, but whatever. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Lucy. Uh, and yeah, thanks for joining me on this episode of Miami Mic'd Up. Thanks for having me. 